John 3.16 is probably the most well-known and widely quoted scripture verse in the world. We often quote it during altar calls or when ministering to others. After all, it's the very words spoken by our Lord and Savior Jesus of Nazareth. However, could this verse mean more than what we think or have been taught? In today's episode, we explore this verse a little further and point out a small word that has a huge impact on the very words spoken by the king of the earth. Hey everyone, this is Terrence Lockett with the Kingdom Truth and Power podcast, and I'm back with another episode. First and foremost, let me apologize uh, for the lack of content and uh, uploads and episodes. Uh, a lot has been going on, uh, not just with me personally, but just, you know, uh, in general, uh, you know, family and and, and work and other things going on and you know not to mention you know so many things that other people are dealing with uh, from what I hear um, you know the last couple of years has just been you know extremely rough on everybody and so um, you know I, I, I want to apologize for not getting um, enough material together and and share it out there uh, for those who are listening and tuning into the episodes into the shows um, so again uh, my apologies. Uh, so today I wanted to do an episode for uh, something that I believe that God has brought to my attention, something that he wanted me to um, to at least see uh, and understand as it relates to uh, just life in general. Um, and it's really coming from a very familiar um, portion of scripture actually it's probably the most one of the, at least one of the most quoted um scripture verses out there and that's John 3:16 and uh it's, it's interesting because I've had this uh this thought on this very same verse for um for some time and it first started maybe like a few months ago or whatever and then you know never really thought much about it anymore and then uh out of the blue um, my wife was talking about something she said something I can't remember exactly what it is that she said but it caused me to think uh, think back on John three sixteen, and who knows I don't you know God works the way he works and he has ways about him and about how he does things to to bring things you know full circle uh, for anything that he may be trying to re- <clears throat> excuse me reveal or you know teach or you know get to us you know, whatever the case is and so um, as I said I, I don't remember what it is that she said but she was talking about something and it was some some show or something that she was talking about that she was seeing on TV but the remark that she made her the statement uh, caused me to think about John three sixteen, and the very same thing that um, that I asked myself, you know, a few months ago when I first started thinking about this, and I think it's something that we miss, as small as it is, um, when you consider it, it's actually very huge. And that's what I want to bring um, to you today in this episode. And so, um, 
you know, John three sixteen for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes shall not perish, but have everlasting life or eternal life. What I find interesting, or at least what I found interesting, is the fact that it's not so much the you know the love of God you know that's that's extremely important. It's not so much that He gave His Son. Um, it's not so much even about you know not perishing and and having eternal life. But the fact that our Lord uses the word world instead of man and I think that's interesting because in our uh, in our our historical understanding and, and, and the common teachings that we have regarding John three sixteen, you know, we, we, we quote it, we say it, um, you know, we preach it and the undertone of it makes it seem like the world refers to people only. And so when we, when we, when we consider the scripture, when we say it, you know, for God so loved the world, you know, we immediately think that God, you know, so loved man or people. But this word goes much further than that. And, and you know, in, in my, you know, brief research, I come to find out that it actually means more than, you know, just people. Uh and so, you know, in my in my thought process, you know, the question I began to ask was, you know, scripture is very intentional about the words that it uses. It doesn't mix words, it doesn't use words, you know, at, at least in the original and, and you know, what we have in the Greek and the Hebrew. Um, you know, it doesn't use words that it doesn't mean to use. You know, the authors, you know, through the, the leading of the Holy Spirit as they wrote, were very specific and intentional about the words that they used. And they understood the words that they used uh, as far as their meaning. And so my question was, why did Jesus use the word word world instead of, you know, people? You know, whatever language he was using at the time he spoke to Nicodemus, which more than likely was probably Hebrew, you know, but of course the New Testament is mainly written in Greek. Um, but why, why, why use the word world? You know, and that, you know, maybe you haven't given it much thought about why he uses the word world and not people. If John three sixteen is meant only for people, then you would think that he would use a world equivalent in the, you know, or at least a word in the Greek would be equivalent to the word man, um, like how Adam is in the Hebrew that can refer to the single man, the first man, Adam or Adam, 
or it could actually mean in in specific context man as in men and woman or men and women aka mankind the human race you know so why why didn't jesus go that route in his in his uh discussion with nicodemus why use the the word world which in the greek here in john three sixteen, it's the greek word cosmos and it's where we get our english word uh cosmos c-o-m-o-s uh that's where we also get the word uh cosmopolitan um as well as cosmetics um you know, so why, why, why that word? And it really had me thinking, like, what is it? I mean, is it, is it just a, a synonym, you know, for those who inhabit the earth, or like, what, what is it? And so, when you look at the word cosmos, it actually means primarily a created order. Think about that for a second. It means a created order. And I thought that was very interesting. A created order. You see, the thing about it is that Jesus, who was there in the beginning of creation, and in fact, the scripture says that all things were created for him and by him. So when he created something, it was for his pleasure. It was out of his goodness. It was for him. And what I found interesting is that when you go look at Genesis 1 and 2, it talks about the earth being uh, formless and void and darkness covered the face of the deep and all of that. That word in the, in the, in the Hebrew for formless is actually a word that, that means uh, emptiness. It means formless. It also means confusion. It means instability or unstable, something that cannot stand, that cannot remain, that something that just cannot remain. And I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I think I think another usage for it is also chaos or chaotic. But that's interesting, you know, because in First Corinthians it tells us First Corinthians chapter fourteen, verse thirty-three, it tells us. That God is not the, not the author of confusion, but of peace. You see, in the beginning, the earth, when it said the earth was formless, it doesn't mean it didn't have any shape to it. It simply means that it was just, it was, it was a wasteland. It was empty. It was unfurnished. It was in confusion. And that's what it looked like to God. To God, when he looked at the earth at, in, in, in its form at that time, to him, there was no order to it. To God, from his perspective, the earth was chaotic. It was in confusion. It was unfurnished. It was empty. So what is the first thing that God began to do? He began to create. The rest of Genesis chapter 1, even through chapter 2, it goes into God's, God's solution to bring order 
to a confused environment or to an environment that is out of order, he began to create order. And so he began to separate light from darkness, calling it day and calling it night. He began to set the sun, the moon, and the stars. He began to to, to, to allow grass and vegetation grow on the earth, create animals, create the, you know separate the waters from the land and the waters from the waters, and set the expanse of the sky and 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 create the birds and the, of the air and the fish in the sea and all kind of uh, cattle and livestock and you know things that move on the ground. And then he he climaxed his creative order by creating man. You see the whole the whole idea behind a created order is to establish is really to establish life. It's about life. Everything God created, he loves. Everything God created, he cares for. And it goes well beyond people. Yes, God loves me. He loves you. He loves us because we are part of his created being. As a matter of fact, we are the, we are the, the, the as I said, the climax of his creation because we are created in his image and after his likeness. And so when he, when, when, when he sent Christ, yes, he had us in mind, but he also had all of creation in mind. And I believe that's why Paul told the Romans that all of creation uh, uh, is in travail waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God, of the children of God. When we begin to manifest our, our God-given authority on the earth, then all of creation can begin to, be, can begin to go through a process of restoration. And so God cares about this created order that he has established and that he has, uh, that he has built from the very beginning. You see, John 3.16 isn't just about saving mankind. It's about saving the earth. It's about saving everything in the earth that God has created and ordered. So it goes well beyond the human race. And it goes to the entire earth. And it makes me think, you know, that's, I believe that's part of, it's my personal belief that it's the reason why you have, you know, animal activists and people who care about climate, uh, uh, climate change and, 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 uh, and global warming and all these other kind of things, you know, saving the trees and, 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 you know, uh, all these other areas that has to do with creation and, and, you know, preserving nature, preserving the earth because one guy created the earth for us, but yet he leased it to us. He gave us control of the earth. And so, as the scripture says, the highest heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he gave to man. Now, the earth still belongs to God because it's his by right of creation. But he has put man in charge of the earth. And so, when, when we have people who are looking to preserve certain things in the earth, 
I believe personally it is got is part of God's will to maintain part of that creative order and to restore some of that creative order back into the earth as God originally intended because if it was left to man there would be so many things that we just wouldn't have in the earth today I mean if you look at the rate in which at least here in the United States the rate at which houses are being built and 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 commercial properties are going up and businesses are 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 being built it's 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 a wonder that there are any trees available you know and so you know as i said it's it's about life but it's more so about this creative order you know and a lot of people think it is it's very it's actually very uh, synonymous with with God's heart for his kingdom because a lot of people um a lot of people think that the church quote unquote church is the heart of God but that's not true the heart of any king is his kingdom it's his domain and the earth just like heaven the earth is God's domain it belongs to him he owns it he's king and lord of the earth and so same thing with John 3 16 it's not just about people it's about creation in general it's about the order that God has established and he loved that created order so much that he sent Christ Jesus of Nazareth to give his life for it so that we as his sons and daughters in this kingdom can be born again and that we can share in the inheritance and so that creation itself can be restored. So I just wanted to give that to you to think about because I thought it was very interesting. And I wasn't sure why this thought was coming across my mind and what is it that the Lord was trying to, you know, perhaps get me to see it, get me to understand. But now I see clearly it's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about the human race. It's about all of creation. It's about everything. It goes further and deeper than mankind. So next time you read John 3, 16, keep that in mind. Understand that it's not, it's not about us, but it's about everything. God bless you. I hope that this has been a blessing to you. And um, perhaps I'll get another episode uploaded here uh, not too long after this one. So, until next time, this is Terrence with the Kingdom Truth and Power podcast. 
and I'll see you in the next episode.